You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a another week's worth of podcasts and oh boy is it going to be a fun one we've got some big things coming up summer league free agency we're going to look at all of that for the pelicans but today we're going to be talking about zion williamson's introduction to new orleans and the press conference he had on friday i was there for that we're then going to look at what the pelicans did after the draft Yes, the four draft picks might have been the stars of the show, but the Pelicans were busy getting to work immediately in the aftermath, not only filling out their summer league roster, but potentially making some long-term moves as well. I'll let you know about all of the guys they signed and what the plan is for everyone going forward. Then we're going to take a look at free agency. That $32 million the Pelicans might have, it's got to be burning a hole in their pocket, right? Well, we're going to hold off on that just yet. We'll give you a quick free agency primer, kind of set the stage for what to expect starting July 1 and then maybe culminating overall on July 6. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, the big day was Friday as the Pelicans unveiled Zion Williamson for his first introductory press conference. Unfortunately, delayed just a little bit because traffic was bad, but we got started and it was a lot of fun. I was there, and if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan, this just had to make you feel really, really good. It started with some remarks from Gail Benson talking about how they believe they have one of the best front offices in the NBA, that they're really building a sustainable winner for the franchise. Really nice to see her remarks. Marks, hear what she had to say about making sure this momentum keeps going forward. Then up was David Griffin, and this was probably one of the more enlightening parts about um, the process of selecting Zion Williamson, saying that he and Alvin Gentry spoke to Zion very early on after the NBA draft lottery when basically we knew they were selecting Zion, and that when they learned his family was there, asked if they could speak to the family as well. And Alvin Gentry spoke to his family for about an hour and a half and really sold them on the vision that they and what they're building here with the New Orleans Pelicans. David Griffin said the only person that in the NBA that could have connected with those two at that moment in time and really gotten this done was Alvin Gentry. For all the criticism he takes, and a lot of it is very valid. He is very much a people person, and it sounds like that was a big part of making sure everything was going to be okay. David Griffin spoke saying that in the days after that, with all the national media reports about why Zion might not come to New Orleans, going to Duke, or going to another team, he was a little bit concerned. Ideas that we all knew were basically bunk from the start, but he says, quote, it was alarming to someone in my position. I'm trained to believe that when you sit in front of people, there may be something else going on. So I reached back out to Zion's stepfather, Lee Anderson, and his mom, Sharonda, and said, please tell me that's not true. And Lee, his stepfather, wasn't a happy camper that I had to reach back out and make that phone call. 
Did I not tell you that if you choose us, we choose you? Lee Anderson said. You did. Well, then what are we doing here? Zion's stepfather responded. It seems like early on they were com very comfortable with the idea of him going to New Orleans and playing for this Pelicans franchise. And they're kind of embracing the family atmosphere, culture that's being built here in New Orleans. And the more you hear Zion talk, you more the more you hear the family talk, you really get the the belief that they're to use a word from David Griffin in lockstep with David Griffin, with Alvin Gentry, and with Gail Benson. When David Griffin was speaking, I was sitting right behind Zion's family, they are nodding their heads in agreement with every single thing he said. They're not just there for show. They're there because they believe in this organization. And it comes across big time. And man, the more you hear David Griffin talk, the more impressive it sounds. One of the biggest parts was um, what I, there are two things that I think really jump out to me. And then we're going to have some fun with this was that the family is very on board with this. And immediately after the whole thing ended, the whole press conference ended, and the family's going up to take pictures with ownership and with the front office and hold up that Zion number one jersey. That's the number he's going to be wearing. The His father, his stepfather, Lee Anderson, took over to the mic and said, first and foremost, I want to thank the city of New Orleans. Unprompted, wasn't scheduled, but wanted to speak and let everyone know how they felt. And then he goes on to say, Zion and I had this conversation about playing in New Orleans even before the lottery. No one else in the world knew that, but we did. I told him I thought this city would be a great place to go, and God worked it out. Zion's stay in this city will be well worth it, end quote. You know, who knows? I, you know, I'll take someone at their word. Why not? That they really thought New Orleans would have been a good option and a good fit for Zion before the lottery. And maybe it just worked out with that. You get the feel that they are, you know, that almost small town family from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and that staying somewhat close to home in a more southern environment, I guess, is a really good fit for Zion. The more you hear him, the more you see him. Oh, man, New York, I don't know. I'm not him. This is me projecting. But again... I think he ended up in a really, really good spot. You also saw it the next day when the Pelicans unveiled a brand new refurbished um, basketball court over in New Orleans East and Zion was there. You had some fans that were there just to kind of watch the proceedings and they're kind of shouting at him food recommendations. And he walks on over past the chain link fence. They're on the other side. He's on one. He's just chatting with them. This friendly, friendly atmosphere that New Orleans has had showing that it's really great. He said of his first impressions of the city, you know, the family feeling I got just walking around, the people here welcoming me, they just came up for a minute going about their day and didn't want to hold me up. And they told me, you're going to love the city and everyone's family here. It is awesome. It couldn't be a better introduction in something just from the sense I get from hearing him talk, watching these things unfold, just really makes you think he's going to fit really, really well here. And not only with the city, but for the city too, and the city with him. And I think it's overall just a really awesome thing. One thing I do want to say about David Griffin, there was a moment that wasn't caught on the cameras, that wasn't part of the press conference, that genuinely jumped out at me about the type of person he is. And this, all this talk of family and everything he does is not an act. So we were in the practice facility on the court where they practiced to do this. You saw the big stage set up. And if you watch the video, you can see the back of my head like the entire time during it. I was right in the middle in a bunch of chairs, like it's a wedding. And then there were two other side things, kind of wings angled in a little bit of chairs, similar setups for more media and others to sit at and watch this whole thing. The Pelicans invited their entire ticket 
staff to come in and watch this. So they all walked in and they are near the left side if you're facing the stage. So what, audience left? Is that what it is? It's not stage left, audience left. And they're all kind of just standing around unsure of what to do. You know, it's the ticket office. They don't really have, you know, maybe you want them to see this, maybe it is, but ultimately they don't have an influence on basketball decisions. Do they need to be in there? Probably not. Maybe their time is better suited to selling more tickets, right? It's their job. But they invited him in there, so they're all standing around, somewhat awkwardly wondering what they should do. And out of one of the side conference rooms in the facility walks David Griffin, I think just waiting to see what was going on, maybe where Zion was. And he sees the entirety of the ticket staff standing behind all of these chairs where they could be sitting. And they seemed like maybe we should just stand during this. We're, you know, we're not important enough to sit during this kind of press conference. And David Griffin kind of looks at them all. just in a very genuine way, just kind of holds out his arms and kind of motions from the season ticket staff or the ticket staff to the chairs and goes, please sit in the most genuine way possible. Like you can see it. You know when someone's genuine and when someone isn't. And he absolutely was in this moment. And it kind of shows you the atmosphere they're building over there on Airline Drive, not just in the front office, but everything. These are people that he does not need to interact with or have anything to do. This dude runs the franchise. They're kind of on a different side of it, though they're all under the same umbrella. And he's there going, no, sit down. I really want you guys here. And it was so genuine and just kind of an awesome moment to see. The other awesome moment that's gone, I don't know, viral, and apparently Zion's told this story a little bit before, favorite Avengers character is Thanos. This is where the Let's Dance line came from that when he was seeing Endgame, and we're going to spoil some of this here if you haven't seen it. And by the way, if you were going to see it, you have seen it by now, so come on. He was saying that when Captain America's shield is broken and Thanos is kind of at his moment, this is the climax of the movie, like the literal climax by everything. Thing, um, by the uh, the Freytag pyramid and all of that, um, that or like mo- drawing it. Anyway, besides the point, it was a creative writing major. I like this stuff. So he, you know, it looks like the the Avengers might lose, and Zion is so excited because Thanos is his favorite character. Going finally, the villain's gonna win. It's gonna be a realistic movie. This guy must love the DC universe, by the way. Then. Um, and his buddy's like, nah, nah, it's all good. Cap's going to come back from this. And he, he looks over at his friend and goes, let's dance. And that's how the let's dance thing got started, which is going to be a catchphrase of his. And the Pelicans are already using it now. And you've got to be wondering if maybe that's going to be the new hashtag for next year. So his introductory press conference, awesome. Seems like Zion's going to fit very well in New Orleans. The atmosphere here, his family seems wonderful and just a well-grounded kid that looks just one, like again, you can't say enough about him. We're going to talk a few, a little bit more about this in the next segment because I've gone long here. And I want to say one or two things that David Griffin pointed out, that Zion himself pointed out. And then we're going to look at the undrafted free agent recap for the Pelicans. Who'd they sign? What contracts did they sign them to? You're going to see him in summer league and what's the hope for the future from some of these guys. So we're going to talk about that coming right up. Before we get to all of that, there's going to be a lot of takes flying, a lot of transactions flying from now until the middle of free agency, the end of free agency, I guess. And for the latest on everything you need to know on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed. It's at 
Locked On NBA Net. That's at Locked On NBA Net. It's a curated feed that will retweet the most important comments from all of the hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you need one awesome way to get all of the latest opinions from the local experts during free agency, it's the at Locked On NBA Net Twitter handle. So make sure you follow that during this really important time about everything going on around the league. So we went a little long in the first segment, so I'll kind of keep this a little bit short. D- David Griffin in his post-draft press conference and his Zion introducing press conference is really trying hard to temper expectations here for this Pelicans team next season, saying Zion is not the savior of basketball in New Orleans. And he's also said this is Drew Holiday's team, shifting the pressure there. This is just smart you know, expectation setting, tabling, what have you, discussion to have. Zion himself said so too when they asked kind of what he was expecting to come in. He goes, I just want to try and help and win and do whatever people need me to do. He said, I'm 18. He'll be 19 in a couple of days when the se- you know, um, in July and when the season starts. He's a 19 year old kid. He looks young too. We shouldn't put too much pressure on this guy. And again, I've thrown out AD's stat line his rookie year. It's nothing exciting. It's like 13 and 8. I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now. Is Zion really going to exceed that or kind of just match it? I'm not entirely sure. We don't know, of course, but it goes to show you this isn't a guy who's going to come in and average 25 and 10 on a nightly basis. He's going to struggle at times as all rookies do. So they know this. They're kind of shifting the pressure for Drew Holiday Should make you kind of excited to see Drew Holiday unleashed, which I'm, is something I'm excited to see. So we'll see where this goes, but that's kind of what they're saying for now. It'll be Zion's team eventually. There will be a passing of the torch, but we're not there yet. And I think the Pelicans are very clearly letting you know that. So big year from Drew coming. We'll see about Zion for his rookie year. So after the draft, the Pelicans got very, very busy signing a number of undrafted free agents. Four guys are coming in to at least play on the summer league team. One of them signed a two-way and a couple of others signed what's called an Exhibit 10 deal. And I'll explain what an Exhibit 10 is in just a minute. So the players you might have heard mentioned on Twitter, and there's a couple of them. There's St. Louis guard Javon Bess. There's UConn point guard Jalen Adams. Central Florida guard Aubrey Dawkins, who might be the most recognizable out of all of them. And Arizona State forward Zillin Cheatham, who might be the best out of all of them. So let's dive into these guys, what type of contracts they're on, how they're going to fit into the Pelicans' plans going forward. So Dawkins is the guy you might know most about, having played Duke in the NCAA tournament, and by the way, putting up 32 points in that game before he kind of faltered a little bit later. This is a guy who started at Michigan before transferring to UCF, and in one season at UCF, averaged 15.6 points per game, 5 rebounds, and 1.4 assists, so very much a lead guard there. From three-point range, also shot 40.3%, shot 42.2% from from the uh, from deep in college overall and that's on almost 3.7 attempts per game so pretty good numbers for him he did all of that in 34.4 minutes per game on 11.8 shots so pretty decent efficiency he's a little bit older and this is kind of a trend among all of the guys that the Pelicans signed they're all guys who like pretty much transferred or spent some extra time in college putting them in that 23 to 24 year old range sometimes these guys are their bodies are a little bit more mature they're not as growing as much and their skills are relatively what they're going to be so you can 
kind of get a read on these guys a little bit easier. So Dawkins coming in to be that lead guard has a chance to kind of make an impression on the Pelicans in summer league here. He's an excellent shooter, more shooting, never a bad thing. So we'll see what he's going to do with the team. He signed an Exhibit 10 deal. So did Jalen Adams out of UConn, a four-year player there for his career average 13.8 points per game, did this on 33.4% shooting from deep, average about 31 and a half minutes per game. Basically, um, a starter his uh, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Senior year average 16.9 points per game along with 3.4 assists, four rebounds, then shot 35.5% from the field, 13.3 shots per game, 30 minutes of action. The year before, and he was being uh, banged up just a little bit there um, during the year with a knee injury. The year before his junior year, he was pretty good though. 18.1 points per per game to go along with 4.7 assists and 4.2 rebounds per game. Didn't shoot the deep ball too well, 32.4%. Did that in almost 30, a little over 38 minutes of action, but 18.1 points per game on 16.1 shots. Not horrible, not amazing efficiency. He's also a pretty good free throw shooter, 82.4% from deep overall. It's basically the only guy on this roster here of these four guys that didn't transfer um, during his college career. Adam, six foot three, by the way, again, 23 years old. They're all kind of older guys here who's got very high basketball IQ. Never a bad idea to have someone like that on the Pelicans Summer League roster. So both Adams and Dawkins signed an Exhibit 10 deal. What the hell is an Exhibit 10 deal? It's basically an unguaranteed contract, which if the player is waived, they can get sent down to a G League team or the team's G League affiliate. And then if they play on the G League team for a specified period of time, I think it's like six months, you get a bonus up to $50,000 just for staying with there. It means they can't get called up or they can get called up by another NBA team if they excel. And then they sign that contract, but then you don't get that $50,000 or whatever the bonus is. So it's a way to kind of just give them a little bit of a fallback option should they be stuck on your G League team and not make it up. It can be converted to a two-way deal should you want. The other guard that was signed by the Pelicans is Javon Bess out of St. Louis after starting his career at Michigan State. This is a guy, once he transferred, averaged 15.3 points per game along with 1.8 assists and 6.8 rebounds in his final season with St. Louis. Shot okay enough from beyond the arc, 32.5%. Nothing to write home about is a 30.4% three-point shooter from his career, but the volume was good, 5.6 attempts per game. He scored those 15.3 points on 12.1 shot attempts per game. Not amazing, but not bad. And again, this is a guy who was ranked very highly coming into the college ranks before eventually not having that success and wanting to transfer where he redeemed himself a pretty good bit. He's more of a wing type of player can play on the uh, in the front court or in the back court, just kind of depending on what you need. I'd say he's a long shot to make the team. They signed him to an unguaranteed contract, so not an Exhibit 10 where they can convert him down. The best player out of the bunch might be Zylan Cheatham out of Arizona State. Again, a longtime college player here starting at San Diego State before eventually transferring to Arizona State in his lone season in the Pac-12, averaged 12.1 points per game along with 3.2 assists, 10.3 rebounds, shot 44% from deep on very limited attempts. So 
take for that what you will. But those 12.1 points per game came on 7.9 shot attempts. Good size, 6'8". He's a power forward. Can maybe stretch the court just a little bit for you. If you're looking for a guy who potentially could be your Pascal Siakam of the draft, a Draymond Green of the draft, a guy who just affects the game in multiple, multiple facets, this is the guy. He was probably the top, one of the top undrafted free agents available, and the Pelicans got to him right away, signing him to their other ten uh, two-way contract that they have. Trevon Blewett's still on his other one, and there's a chance for him to really shine. The Pelicans are probably going to give him a lot of run during Summer League, see how he does with that. So we're going to be excited to watch him during that time. He has a chance to be one of the absolute stars from Vegas. We'll talk more about Summer League either tomorrow or later in the week and give you a primer on that. The schedule was released. The timing of trades and what players might be able to play is also important. Also, what to expect from Zion Williamson with that. I'll let you know everything you need about that coming up sometime this week here on Locked on Pelicans. So before we look a little bit ahead to free agency, which is a topic I know everyone is excited about, when you're driving to work or from work or all around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. The quote is, play podcast Locked on Pelicans, and we're going to be right there with you for the drive with the latest episode. Never miss what's going on with this team, particularly around this exciting time. So tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans, and please subscribe and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. That helps keep this free and five days a week for you. And if you're like me or you're like your other friends, you are insatiable for more Pelicans news right now. We got it here for you Monday through Friday. No one else bringing you content like this. So again, make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So the draft is over and everyone's mind has shifted to free agency. And I think people are excited about this because you know what? For the first time in a very long time, the Pelicans have cap space. Joel Myers even made a joke about that, thanking David Griffin for the cap space that he created for the team at Zion's introduction. So the Pelicans will have anywhere between, say, 29 to $33 million, maybe 34 if they waive certain people. And it gives them a lot of room to play with. That's enough for a max deal. Oh, hell yeah, right? Let's throw some cold water on that. I was on WDSU this weekend talking about it. They're likely not going to be in the running for a max level guy. I'm sorry. Sorry, Kemba Walker's not coming. Jimmy Butler's not coming. Tobias Harris is probably not coming. They're just not going to be in competition for a title next year. And I think that's what those people want. So what should the Pelicans do with that money? You got to spend it, right? Well, actually, you don't. So one, even if you were below the salary floor, the way that works is you've got to spend a minimum. If you don't, you just need to pay the difference to the players on the team. Not hitting it, not that big of a deal. You just give bonuses to your guys. There's worse ways to kind of go about it, you know, and it only gets calculated at the end of the season. So if you take money on, you get put above it. It's not at the beginning. It's not at the middle. It's at the end of the year when that total number gets calculated for the salary floor purposes. I also don't know how often teams actually miss that. So they could just kind of sit on all of this money, but they're not. They'll spend some in free agency, and David Griffin said it in his post-draft media availability that he's looking for culture-bearer free agents. The Jared Dudleys, maybe a Brooke Lopez, maybe a guy like Nikola Mirotic who adds a lot to it. I can go on and on with names, and I will go on with names, but guys that maybe give you more, as much on the court as as they do off the court. So their impact goes beyond just the stat sheet and what they do on a night in, night out basis on the basketball court for New Orleans. 
So I think overall you're looking at them kind of hitting that mid to lower tiered guys. Maybe it is a guy like Alfred Payton coming back. Maybe it is some others. But it's no big, sexy name free agent. I know right now it seems like Al Horford's the dream. I just don't know if that's realistic and if the Pelicans want to use all that $30 million on there. In fact, I'm not really in favor of them going after a guy on a three- or a four-year deal. I think two years is kind of the sweet spot, even if you have to overpay them during that time to get him to come on the shorter-term deal. It's okay because you just got to keep everything in mind with Zion Williamson, and that's how you do it. What you're likely to see the team then do is sign a stretch big who I think is what they're looking for to help space the court for Zion down low a little bit and then you're also looking to maybe add some more wing depth so grab a stretch big grab another wing and then chill on free agency because other teams are going to be looking to uh, dump some bad deals the two I've really mentioned recently are Danilo Gallinari and maybe Steven Adams they're both owed 20 plus million. Those teams would like to not have that on their books so that they can have some more flexibility. Pelicans will likely take that money on into our space, but you're going to need to give us a good young player as well, or you're going to need to attach future draft picks to it. And that's a way you almost weaponize your cap space or use your cap space as an asset, not something that you have to spend. The Philadelphia 76ers are almost famous for doing this during the trust the process days. And it's the model the Pelicans probably should go after. Get in vets who can still play. Steven Adams can play. You can't play him at the end of games, but who cares? He gives you 20 minutes a game. You're fine. You got that first round pick. That's kind of what you're looking at with it. Danilo Gallinari, not quite the guy he used to be. It's cool. Hit a couple of threes. Stretch the floor for Zion a little bit. We love the young player we got from the Clippers or the draft picks. I don't really think they had many um, or good ones. That's what you're looking to do with the cap space. And I have a number of trades in mind that the Pelicans might look at. And we'll spend some time diving into that, into free agency as well. That's in the days and maybe a week to come since that's going to be here sooner rather than later. So it's a fun time to be a Pelicans fan. But hey, temper your expectations. Just like David Griffin said, just like you're going to see them be a little bit more conservative during free agency. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review. It really helps. And I don't ask for much from you guys. Come on, just take a second and do that. And we're going to have a lot more to talk about. And if you're a Pelicans fan, tell the, about one of your friends about the podcast. Get them hooked on this, locked on this, I guess, as well. It's a very exciting time. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.